0: All right, we are continuing our sermon series on the Ten Commandments. We're set free to live free. And as I've been saying every week, remember, the people of Israel, they were enslaved for how long? That's right, that's right. 400 years bondage, all right? And um, and they were still, um, think about it, they were 400 years in bondage. They were set free by a deliverer, and his name was... Moses, all right, all right. But here's the crazy thing. Even though they were set free, they were still living as slaves, still trusting in themselves the very things that got them into slavery to begin with. Now, it's, it hasn't changed in, you know, uh, 3,000 years, all right. We who have turned to Jesus in faith and repentance still struggle with how to live free and faithful to God. I feel like I've experienced a lot of that the past couple of weeks, couple of months, where I feel like my flesh has gotten weak, and, and, and I'm, I'm, in my mind, in my heart, and in my actions, I tend to want to run to those things that seem easy. I, I want to run towards those things that I think will bring me uh, freedom, fr- bring me joy. And God is right there the whole time telling us, I'm the one who sets you free. I am the one. If I'm the one that sets you free, I'm also going to be faithful to keep you free. You need to look towards me, not towards the fruit of disobedience. We still struggle, don't we? We still struggle. We struggle to break those sinful habits and patterns that we have grown accustomed to. We still struggle to love God and to love others. Why? Because we are consumed... In loving ourselves. Knowing this, God did something amazing for us. Not only did He set us free by faith and trust in Jesus Christ, He has also given us His Word, given us His law to show us how to continue living in that freedom, how to properly relate to Him and to others. And the example we have today is Commandment number five, which is found in Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 what a powerful what a uh, a bridge commandment we have between loving God and loving others listen to what the scripture says honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you historical context Wow. Think about it. 400 years of slavery. They walk in freedom, passing through the Red Sea right there on Mount Sinai, and God gives them this law because their hearts are being pulled one way to the other. Should we just go back? You know, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll accept us. Everything will be fine. We can just go the way that we used to go. Yes, it's slavery. Yes, it's a hard life. Yes, it's not going to give us the joy that our hearts truly desire. But it's easy. That's the way we've always gone. And yet God is right there saying, no, live free. I give you these commandments for your good and for your freedom. And God says, if you honor your mom and dad as you walk into this new land, this promised land that I have... I have said since Abraham that I was wanting to give you. You will come into that land. You honor your parents. Wow. Your days will be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. That is crazy. Well, as I said earlier, this is a transitional commandment. Because the first four commandments that we have walked through, they deal with our relationship with God. You want to know what loving God means? Loving God means this having no other gods to replace him. That's what it means to love God. He is my one true love. He is my one desire. He is my master. I am his servant. We cannot serve two masters. You'll either love the one, hate the other. You'll choose one always over the other. And God is telling you to truly love God means to choose Him in any and every circumstance of your life. That will bring you freedom. That will bring you freedom. This week, um, we took our our baby girl, <laughs> our last of our three, to um, to college. Okay, and many of y'all have experienced that. We this is our third time experiencing it, but it was different because this is our last one, and. We were singing some awesome, we were at Southern Wesleyan University where we dropped her off. They had an amazing worship service. And in the midst of one of those songs, it talked about letting God fight your battles. Letting God fight your battles. How in the world can we let God, because we we, want to fight our own battles. How do we let God fight the battles? It's by giving up and letting him do it for us. It's by getting into his word and trusting his word over our own strength. It's causing us to lay down our arms and to trust him. It's about, as the armor of God would say, it says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, not boxing gloves, not guns, not swords. Our weapon of warfare is knowing God's word and trusting him to fight the battles for us. And that's something I have to do. That's something every one of us has to do. No other gods before him. The second commandment, no idols to falsely describe God. None of us want to be falsely described. And you're thinking, well, maybe if they described me a few pounds less, I'd be okay. Listen, terrible. Um, If you try to describe God in any other way that he is, keep this in mind. God is already perfection. So to describe him any other way is to destroy perfection. So an idol is falsely describing the one true God. You don't do that if you love him. You let him be who he is and you celebrate that to your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, your schoolmates. The third commandment is uh, no empty words to disrespect him. God's name is holy and we are to treat it as such. To treat it in vain or emptiness is to disrespect Him. And then commandment number four, to rest, the Sabbath to rest, is to to show our dependence upon Him. To show our dependence on God. Or as Jesus would say in Matthew 22, 37 to 39, uh, or 40, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, which consumes these first four. But then listen to what he says. But the second is like it, or and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So commandment one to four, loving God. Commandments six to ten are about loving our neighbors. Don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery Don't lie, don't covet First commandment, love God You know, that's easy It's easy to love God Because God always does things right The hard part is our sinful, rebellious nature Who thinks we can do it better But God makes it easy for us to love Him He's done it all And He's always done it right Now the second commandment Five to ten, loving others That's messy That is messy, loving each other how many of y'all have ever been a small group? Raise your hand. Okay, don't raise your hand for this. How many of y'all have had disagreements in small group? Don't raise your hand. That's messy. <laughs> All right, we have one. Um, that's messy. It's not so messy if you're in a class where, where you know you're just getting uh, knowledge, right? You're just getting knowledge, like right now. Some of you may get mad because you may disagree with something that I may I may say here or there or whatever. But you can kind of get over it. Hopefully you'll talk to me, but you'll kind of get over it. But in a small group, you're sharing life together. Which means your celebrations are going to be like no other classroom you've ever been involved in. Because you're celebrating the victories of those you've come to know and to love in a great, awesome, personal way. But also, when you're hurt, it hurts deeply, doesn't it? It does And so that's why we fight for relationships We fight for them always Relationships are messy They're messy because here's why Because there's two sinful people In the argument Trying to love sinful people (laughs) Okay so uh, It's almost like it's in the negative to begin with But then God steps in When God steps in And shows us what submission means. And to love over and above the issue. That changes everything. It's messy. But it's also, church, it's also an opportunity. These relationships are an opportunity for you to show grace. And to show mercy. And to speak the gospel into the lives of people you love the most. So yeah. The commandments are amazing, but there's a bridge between the commandments of loving God with everything and loving our neighbor as ourselves, and that's commandment number five. Exodus 20:12 again says, "Honor your father and your mother." Can I make one small uh, diversion right here? Who does it say we're to honor? Father and our mother. You know what's so cool about that? We live in a society that confuses. Fatherhood, motherhood. It tries to scale and to weigh everything. But you know what God says from the very beginning of His nation that He has built here, right there on Mount Sinai? He puts father and mother on equal plane. Honor your mother just as you would honor your father. Honor your father just as much as you would honor your mother. They are equal. In weight and worth. Well, maybe not weight and worth, but you know what I mean. Okay, equal in, in value. Yes, we have certain roles that we play, but think about that, how God weighs this situation. Equal in weight and worth. Today we have these extreme psychological experiments that are going on that's causing such division, even in families. We have this, this agenda, this, this crazy agenda called Feminism that says that, uh, that women are to be before their husbands. And then we have chauvinism that says men are supposed to be before their wives in weight and in value. And both of those are wrong. And both of those are hellish and not biblical We have great weight of a mother and a father, of a husband and a wife. Yes, there's unique roles to play for beautiful harmony in the family. Just like the father and the son of God are equal in weight and worth. But they have submitted roles to each other for the great glory of all of who he is. We don't fully understand that. But we, we we get the fact that we all have roles to play, and it's absolutely beautiful. So honor your father and mother. Honor, defined by uh, American Heritage Dictionary, is this. Honor means to esteem, to respect, to reverence. So to honor means to esteem, to reverence, or to respect. And that's what we are called to, to do with our parents. Why should we honor our parents? Look in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Paul the apostle, basically, uh, 1,500 years later, is going to use that passage while he's speaking to Christ followers, believers in the church of Ephesus. And he says, using that commandment, I'm going to tell you what that kind of looks like practically. Okay? How do I honor my Mother and my father and my mother. How do I do that? Ephesians six one says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right." And then he, of course, quotes, "Honor your father and mother." Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That is a another weighty phrase. Why? Do we honor our parents? There's two reasons I want to give right now. There's plenty more, but just two for today's sake. Two reasons why we honor our parents. Number one, your parents are God's representatives to us. Have you ever thought about that? Remember, we're talking about the the transitional commandment between love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. There's a transition there, and that's your parents. Who are the first people that you see? Your parents. Who are the first people that you live with? Your parents. Who are the first people that you listen to and obey? Your parents, or at least supposed to. (laughs) Okay. Your parents are a foundational area in your life, a foundational rock in your life. And God has put them there for your good. Granted, we understand that there's some exceptions made because of disobedience and whatever. But we got to understand, as a general rule... Your parents are God's representatives to us. Uh, Dr. John Stott says this, and I quote, Our parents represent God to us and mediate to us both his authority and his love. We are called to honor them. That is, acknowledge their God-given authority. And so give them not only our obedience but also our love and respect, honor as well. It is because parental authority is divinely delegated authority that respectful obedience to parents was invested with such great importance in the life of God's covenant people. Moses was commanded to say to the people of Israel, this is Leviticus 19, 1-3, he says, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every one of you should revere his mother and his father. Why? Because I am the Lord your God. That's weighty. He goes on to say, reverence for parents was thus made an integral part of reverence for God as their God and of their special relationship to him as his people. So God has divinely placed your parents to be representatives to him or of him to your kids. That is awesome. Now it's awesome, good and bad. Parents, that's weighty. I know I'm using that word a lot today, but this is a weighty commandment. Parents, you are to be the representative of God to your kids. Which means you are to try to give as accurate as pic- a picture as possible to your kids of what God is like, who he is. They need to understand love, grace, justice, mercy, kindness, strength, wisdom. Dependence upon him. They find that ultimately in you or not. Parents, that is a weighty responsibility. But with that weight can bring great joy for the next generation. Because then they'll get a more accurate picture of God by your obedience and your, your life of faith, your walk of faith in Christ Jesus. What a awesome responsibility our parents have. And it's because of that responsibility and that title, children, we are to honor them. We are to honor them. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later, but it's fitting right here. We are to honor the position. We are honor the position There's some of us that may not like people who were in politics. (laughs) That's an understatement, (laughs) okay? Uh, Depending on who won or who lost, some people may or may not respect the person, but we gotta respect the position. You throw eggs at a presidential motorcade, listen. Your retirement is secure. All right? You're good to go. Don't worry about that social security check. It's no need. All right? Respect and honor your parents because of the role that they have. Now, whether they do it or not, that's another story. But secondly, why we honor our parents is because, as I said earlier, they are our first interactions. They are our deepest relationships. And they are also the very people where we learn how to handle conflict. At least we hope so, right? How we handle conflict. And listen, if you can honor your parents as you grow up, because here's, the, here's something that you students may not know. Your parents aren't perfect. Let that sink in. I see some smiles out there. Uh, your parents aren't Perfect. And so there's going to be some disagreements. But it's how you handle those disagreements. It's going, going to set the pace. It's going to pave the road for the rest of your life. When it comes to honor and respecting all authority. So if you honor your parents, it will teach you how to honor others. If you do not honor and respect your parents, even from an early age, you will not respect authorities in your life that can be crucial for your long life. Okay, so the training ground is now Sigmund Freud. Uh-oh, he is uh, the father of modern psychiatry, and he's an atheist. And listen to what he theorized. He said that one's attitude toward one's father is largely shapes one's attitude towards God. Now, that's a secular person. With all of his research, he sees that. If a a student, if a child dishonors parents, they'll have no honor for God. Which makes sense because they're breaking his commandment. Now, with that said, I know I've put some weight there for parents and also hopefully for the students. Here's another question that we might have to ask ourselves. And some of us are dealing with that right now. And that's this. Why don't we honor our parents? It's clear in the scriptures. Why don't we honor our parents? There's one reason and one reason alone. Because we are born to rebel. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else about the parent. No, it begins in the heart. Because we were born to Rebel. See, in Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 and 17, the Lord God, the very God who gave them the commands, the very God who set us free to live free, the very God of very God went to perfect circumstances in the Garden of Eden, perfect circumstances, and he went to Adam and he said this, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so, Genesis 3, the next chapter, it records something crazy. Think about this Adam was given a beautiful garden. Everything and anything he wanted in that garden was his to enjoy, was his to experience. Everything of that, with one exception. I mean, that's kind of like Lysol, you know? It kills 99.997 germs, which a question was posed to me. If you spray and you kill 99.997, if you spray again, will it kill the... Never mind, never mind. Uh, okay, 99% of that garden was his, but his wicked heart went for the 1%. His wicked heart. Genesis 3 records a, a horrifying event that has taken place. Why? Why? Because a serpent came in the picture. And he promised freedom from God. You know what freedom from God is? Slavery to everything. And so man ate the fruit. Woman ate the fruit. So man esteemed himself above above God by taking of the fruit of disobedience. You and I today... We esteem ourselves above our parents and above God when we take the fruit of disobedience. When we choose to dishonor instead of honor. And you know what this tells us? This tells us at best, church guests, at best, you are unforgiving and backslidden. At best, if you dishonor your parents. At worst, you may dishonor your parents because you don't even have a parent in heaven. 2 Timothy 3, 1-3, Paul is warning the church, or warning Timothy and the church in Ephesus. He says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents. And he goes on and on to talk about even more things. But the point we have here is that people who do not look to God as their hope, as their joy, as their sustenance, as their eternal life, as their forgiveness, they look to themselves. One of the marks of that is being disobedient to parents. So because of this, God, in his grace and his mercy, he made this command... Why? Because we have lost our relationship to God. And the proof of that is that we are rebelling against God's divinely ordained authority, our parents. And at this point, some of you may be saying, I get it. I'm supposed to honor, esteem, revere my parents. I have or have not done that. And I get, I need to go struggle with that. But... And there's, the, there, there, there's the thing right there, right? There, there's the, the weight. I'm not disobeying my parents because, uh, because I, I'm just sinful. I'm disobeying my parents because they're bad parents. No, you're doing it because we're rebellious and sinful people. That's why we disobey. Which brings us to that question. How can I honor bad parents? And I use bad loosely because we're all wicked in and of ourselves. But how do I honor bad parents? And you know what I mean by that. How do we honor parents who are not living in the Lord? They may call themselves Christian on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, at best, they live like a lost person. At worst, they live like the devil. Pastor Scott, if you knew the childhood I grew up in, you would be a lot more cautious with your words. And I get that. That's why I want to step back and say, sorry. I'm sorry that you went through what you you went through. It should not have happened. Divine representative of a God represented more of the father of lies than the God of truth. Should not have happened. What do you do? How can I honor bad parents? I want to honor God. As a believer. Pastor Mark Driscoll gives me. Some great help on this. He says number one. What you can do is you can give grace. You know the scripture tells us. A very profound. Three words. When Jesus was at the sermon on the mount. He said love. Love. Your enemies. That's not just the terrorists on the other side of the world. It's not just the other political candidates on the other side of the table. And by the way, they should not be enemies. Your enemy is is a person. We've seen it wrong. Jesus says to love our enemies. Our parents have done bad. They have have already put themselves in an enemy category. Yet Jesus says, love your enemies. Show kindness to those people who whenever you show kindness to, they show evil towards you. Because as Paul would say in Romans 2, that your kindness may lead to repentance. So, We do what we can do. We can't change them, but we do what we can do. So number one, we give grace. As hard as that is, pray for your enemy. Love your enemies. Number two, give forgiveness. Pastor Scott, again, you may be going too far here. It may seem that way. Until we understand Jesus Christ. Because God does not flippantly say, hey, forgive people who've done wrong to you. He says, forgive as you have been forgiven. And because he says that, and because I know that my sins are the worst I know, because I know my heart, if God can forgive me and all that I have done, then I need to try and forgive those. Me. and listen forgive does not mean forget it doesn't mean fine you know enter into my my uh my space that i have guarded uh for protection that's not forgiveness forgiveness is releasing someone to god to deal with because you're dealing with it is only killing you you ever heard the phrase that person is a pain in the neck whose neck is are we talking about yours so let the person go. Give them over to God. That's what God wants to do. He wants to fight your battles. Number three, give honor where you can. Now, I want to be very careful in on this one. Give honor where you can. Find something to be thankful for. It may not be much, but it'll help you to move forward. God, They gave birth to me, and then they left me. Praise God for that, because guess what? If you were born after 1973, they had a choice. For some reason, they chose life. That's why you're here. And listen, according to Ephesians 2.10, you being here today, you living and breathing today, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus from the very beginning of time. He knew you. He knew your circumstances. He knew your situation. And he has you living and breathing for a great purpose. No matter the scars of the past, today on, you can live in the freedom and the purpose that God has given you. So I say, with with much weight myself, give honor where you can. And whatever that is, it'll help you to move forward. And number four, Set an example for your family. Let me say that again. Set an example for your family. If you dishonor your parents, your children will learn to dishonor you. If you choose God's way, listen to this, no no matter what, what it is you're rebelling against, Doing this may very well break the generational curses in your family. You see, unforgiveness and dishonor will cause you to make the very same mistakes your parents did. Now, maybe not outwardly, but at, very, at the very least, attitudinally, absolutely it will. You will, you will uh, birth the same attitudes and the same emotions. And you will carry that sin on to the next generation. So set an example for your family. And you know what our example is? We always go back to Jesus. Listen, it's bad enough to be a sinful person having to deal with sinful parents, right? (laughs) Okay? But Jesus was sinless. I mean, imagine a sinless person having to deal with sinful parents, right? Mark Driscoll, again, he said, imagine the scene where Jesus, when he was 12 years old, he was in the temple. He was preaching. He was teaching. He was being a seminary professor, teaching people the ways of God. And he was 12 years old teaching adult grown men, everyone who would listen. He is teaching the word of God to them. The parents are like, "Uh, Jesus, you're not supposed to be here. You need to be somewhere else. He's like, no, you don't understand. I'm doing my father's work. But the scripture says, but he submitted his parents. He honored his parents, even though he may have had the right answer. He still chose to honor his parents because they were not asking him to do anything immoral, unethical, unbiblical, nothing like that. And so he honored his parents. So listen, students, listen, children, no matter how old you are, listen, if your parents may be asking you to do something that you may not fully agree with, But if it's not immoral, unethical, unbiblical, or anything like that, you know what? Do it. You honor them. And Jesus is our example of that. And last but certainly not least, I just talked about the first part of the passage. So I'll end with the second part. Listen to the promise of the passage. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord, your God is giving you. What does that mean? Does that mean that if I honor my mom and dad, that I am going to at least live until my nineties? Is that what that means? Or does that mean if I die early, that I have done something to dishonor my parents The answer to that is no. You see, proverbially, proverbially, I can't even say that word right, proverbially speaking, there we go. Yes, in a way, there's some truth in that. For example, receiving your parents' teaching on morality will certainly promote a full life, right? Hey, don't shoot people and you won't go to jail and die. Okay, so proverbially, yes, that kind of plays into it. Okay? Now, it may not equate to additional years of life, but it can and does apply to your life of years. You see, there are some people who have died in their 20s that have lived a fuller life than some of us here today because they lived life on purpose. And that's a beautiful thing to cherish. So, proverbially, yes. And also, uh, receiving your parents' teaching about Jesus Christ will certainly promote eternal life, which lasts forever. But I don't believe that's what this passage is fully talking about. Listen to what it says again. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Who is he speaking to? 2.5 million people who just got out of slavery in Egypt and are about to go into the promised what? Land. The promised land. And he says, while they're going, listen, honor your parents that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This was not an individual promise as much as it was a national promise. One commentator says this, the promise of longevity, uh, I I know I say that word awkward many times, but that promise that accompanies this command, live long, refers to the duration as a nation in covenant relationship with God in the land the Lord is giving you, rather than a lengthened lifespan for each obedient individual. Proof of that is what the prophet uh, Ezekiel says in chapter 22. Now, Ezekiel is a prophet who was prophesying during the time of the exile. That was when the people of Israel were actually moved out of the promised land and into Babylon because of their disobedience. Listen to what he says, Ezekiel 2, 7 and verse 15 and 16. He says, father and mother are treated with contempt in you. You're not honoring your parents. And so because of this, he says, I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you through the countries and you shall know that I am the Lord. Wow. That changes things, doesn't it? Dennis Prager says it this way, Prager University. If you build a society where parents are honored, That society will long survive. The opposite, dishonoring, will end in self-destruction. Do we not see that in America today? We value youth, is what we value. Not the unborn. Not the the, uh, senior adults that have retired and what are they doing productively for the society? Are you kidding me? Every society that has flourished are those that have honored our senior adults, went to them with wisdom, guidance, and discipleship so that we can know how to live in this rough and crazy world. The very reason why, and you'll know this on Wednesday night, the very reason why the nation of Israel was torn in apart is because they did not heed, they did not honor the elderly. But instead, they went to youth to get their idea of what wisdom was and it tore the nation apart that's exactly what is happening in America today. Because we do not honor our seniors. Because we do not honor our parents. We don't honor anybody. I don't, I don't agree with you, Scott. Go to Facebook. Alright? It's pretty clear. Pretty clear. If you want a society, if you want a nation that honors God... Do it. Honor God. How do you honor God? Honor your parents. It's really that simple. Let me conclude with this Your response towards your parents is ultimately a reflection on how you respond to God. One commentator says this rebellion and insubordination to parents, government, teachers, and others ultimately is rebellion and insubordination to God. So, how do I honor God? How do we honor God? Listen, to honor God means nothing less than a lifestyle of lifting Him up above all else. Commandment one through five. But you cannot truly honor God unless you have a relationship with Him. You can't do that. Listen, you are not a Christian because you were born in America. Amen? You're not. You're not even a Christian if you were born in America to a Christian family. Amen? The only way that you can be a Christian is if you become born again. And what that simply means is you have come to the place in your life where you realize that you are lost in sin and you need a Savior. And if you would look to Jesus, whose arms are wide open to receive you and to forgive you, And to give you not only eternal life in heaven, but a life worth living right now. If you would come to him in faith, if you would receive him, he wants to give you that eternal life. John 1, 11 and 12 says this. But to all who received him, to all who received Jesus Christ. This is John 1, 11 through 12. But to all who did receive him who believed in his name, the name of Jesus, the name above all names. It says, he, Jesus, gave the right to become children of God, meaning God is our parent, God is our father, to honor and to love and to cherish. He gave us the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but the very will of God. You want to know what the will of God for your life is today? It's clear through scripture. The will of God for your life is to repent of your sins, to come to Jesus today, and to receive the free gift of eternal life. That's the heartbeat of God for every single one of you. The question is, do you want your heart to beat the same way his does? Do you want to submit to him, or do you want to choose to submit to your sin? One brings freedom, the other brings captivity. One brings eternal life. The other brings eternal death. One brings a purposeless existence and you hope you accomplish what you think you should. Another gives you a no-so on how to live this life in preparation for the next. It is your choice. Honor parents, awesome. The most important thing is to honor God by receiving his free gift for you, salvation. Let's pray. Father God, you are a good, you are a gracious, you're almighty, you're a holy God. You are worth honoring. And every command you give is worth our honor and our obedience. And God, you have given us divine representatives in our parents. Some, some gave a, a, a quite well, a quite good picture of who you are. And others, maybe not so much. Maybe not at all. But God, I pray, Lord, that that we would choose to honor you by honoring our parents and whatever that looks like. And God, I pray right now because there are some people who are sitting in the pew that may have a smile on their face outwardly, but inward are breaking because, because it's impossible to honor their parents because of who they are or what they have done. God, I pray, Lord, that you would put people into their life, a small group, Maybe they would have courage to to pray with one of our counselors uh, today right here during this invitation. Or maybe they would want to make an appointment with one of the pastors to just pour out their heart. Say, what what does God want me to do in this situation? God, please move in a mighty way in every person's heart. Showing them their great need and showing that you are the one who can meet that in Christ. God I pray Lord for our kids again a lot of times we we think of them Lord when we think of this passage and it's true they are a big part of it they're kids God give them the desire to honor you by honoring their parents and God give me 44 years old the desire to honor the my parent my parents before it's too late I pray this in Christ's name and whatever God is leading you to do